0: You are locked on Cowboys, your daily Dallas Cowboys podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Locked on, locked Locked. Locked on, locked on, locked on, Cowboys. It's week three. Today's Thursday. That can mean only one thing: crossover Thursday. Here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Alex Clancy, Locked On Cardinals. Marcus Mosier, Locked On Cowboys. We are going to discuss two teams with different current trajectories, two teams with just different goals for the 2023 season, and two teams who have wowed in different ways through two weeks. Um, Follow him at Marcus underscore Mosier on Twitter, Um, one of the best followers that I have. Uh, follow me at Clancy's Corner, Monday through Friday, free and available wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube, him for Cowboys, me for Cardinals. This episode of Crossover Thursday is brought to you by Price Picks, the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to pricepicks.com slash locked on NFL and use uh, code all lowercase locked on NFL for a first deposit match up to 100 bucks. Love Price Picks. Marcus, we're going to talk biggest storylines. We're going to talk key matchups we're going to talk past to victory and we may even give our predictions tell me what it's like through 2 weeks to witness the defensive side of the football for the Dallas Cowboys
1: it's strange alex to be honest because i'm you know i'm a a cowboy fan that kind of remembers the 90s but not really i grew up in the 2000s and the 2010s and, and the cowboys just had awful defenses for most of my lifetime There was a year where the Cowboys had nine turnovers the entire season long, and I think they've got seven or eight already this year. It's really strange to watch a Cowboys defense be this good, almost to the fact, like, I still don't believe it's real. Like, I keep having to be like, okay, this is actually happening right now. Maybe as they play some better teams and some better quarterbacks, you know, we'll see something a little bit closer to the mean, but so far it's been incredible.
0: They're doing everything that a great defense should be going doing against inferior teams. I mean, we didn't; nobody saw that with the Giants in in the way that it happened. Sunday Night Football: Zach uh, Zach Wilson getting thrown down like a rag doll by Michael Parsons, a little bit more close to the mean as as you mentioned. Um, Talk to me about Stephon Gilmore because, like, so the storylines that I've seen, and we'll talk about the Cardinals here in a a sec for Cardinals fans. Stephon Gilmore was fine in Indy, fine in Carolina, you know, whatever. But we haven't really seen Stephon Gilmore since he was in New England. And then you you pair him up next to Trevon Diggs and that front seven, it's like, oh, pro football focus likes him again. And he's playing for the reason. So talk to me about Stephon Gilmore because that's got to be one of the bigger storylines you've been talking about through two weeks.
1: Yeah, let's first start with the Cowboys were last year. The, The cornerback situation for the Cowboys opposite of Trayvon Diggs was terrible. I mean, they were just grabbing guys off the street. If you watch the playoff games last year, Xavier Rhodes played for them in the playoffs. Mackenzie Alexander, Trayvon Mullen. Like they were just trying to, you know, Trayvon Mullen for like three days. He was with Cardinals. Uh, They were trying to find anybody to just be a stable option on that side. And they couldn't find it. So that's why they went out and traded for Stephon Gilmore. I, I don't think Gilmore at this stage of his career is a number one cornerback that you can put on your number one receiver. And have him take you know that player away, but when you're covering number two guys and he's getting safety help and the pass rush is getting there, this is like a perfect situation for an aging cornerback that still has a little bit left in the tank. Gilmore's been fantastic. Uh, he's been everything the Cowboys have wanted. He's been a leader. Um, he's really helped Trayvon Diggs. It's it's probably the best move that they've made in a long time that I, I feel like still isn't getting enough uh, attention and the Cowboys front office isn't getting enough credit for it.
0: Yeah. And then pivoting over to the Cardinals defense, you know, it's been a point of contention, but as I mentioned, you know, the the trajectory is a little bit different in 2023 goals are a little bit different. Cardinals can't overhaul a complete roster in one off season. I mean, Monty Osborne did a great job seemingly through the draft. I mean, Paris Johnson Jr. hasn't allowed a quarterback hit yet. He's played a hundred percent of the snaps. Uh, BJ Ojalari is coming off injury, but the cornerback room is one that has kind of been, you know, not looked over since 2015, 2016, yeah. 2017. And when you talk about your CB1s and CB2s, well, let me just take a, I just don't even want to talk about this. So All right. <laughs> so um, the Cardinals are rolling out 6th round pick Clark and former fourth round pick Marco Wilson as their, as their starting corners, obviously yeah. depending on package um, Antonio Hamilton, uh, another corner in that room, you know, <clears throat> It's difficult to stomach on Sundays watching a a room that just isn't there yet. You know, they drafted Garrett Williams out of Syracuse, who I'm sure you were high on, even though, you know, he had the injury in college, yeah. probably would have been higher than a third-round pick if he didn't get injured in college. You know, where the Cardinals go in their DB room from here is one of the bigger unknowns that we're experiencing here in the Valley, and it's just the polar opposite from – you draft Trayvon Dix, he's going to be your corner, hopefully, for the next decade, you know. And then bringing Stefan yeah. Stephon Gilmore as a compliment is something that the Cardinals are yearning for at this point.
1: And you're hoping somebody like Buda Baker can help mentor some of those young corners and can provide some, some stability in the defense. But as we learned this week, he went on the injured reserve list, not mm. going to play for the next four games. Uh, that's, this it's just tough to lose a player like that when you already have a really inexperienced defense. But I do want to ask you about one player because yeah. uh, I, I got to watch some of the tape uh, from the last couple of games. zaven Collins has kind of made the transition from an off-the-ball linebacker to a pass rusher. Now, This is somebody who the Cowboys really liked in the 2021 draft. And if Micah Parsons wasn't going to be there, at pick number 12, he would have been an option uh, for Dan Quinn. What do you see from Zavin Collins here in
0: year three? I mean, this is the restart. This is his rookie season all over again, it seems like, playing in a position that he's actually comfortable playing. You know, he's big. He's – the beauty of Zayvon Collins is he doesn't necessarily fit into just one mold. Okay, so he can rush the passer. He's a ball hawk. I think he's he's got two turnovers forced and a fumble recovered this year so far. Mm-hmm. Um, he's okay in coverage, but – Having him just see quarterback, hit quarterback as his main role is something that can evolve this defense into an adult NFL defense where you have players play to their strengths, actually play in the positions that they played in college, and you can see them thrive. So this is the year for him that we were hoping to see from Isaiah Simmons last year, that big leap to Pro Bowl level. Because Zayvon Collins is – I called him the heartbeat of the defense last year because he was a set-and-forget guy, and you know set-and-forget guys where it's like, you don't have to talk about him. It's like the offensive line in the 80s. Either you talk about them because there's a problem or they're not mentioned at all, and that's kind of what you're hoping from Zayvon Collins moving forward, and so far, so good. Is he perfect? Absolutely not, but he has the ability to hit that Pro Bowl level and, oh, damn it, the Cardinals need it.
1: Yeah, and it it just feels like, If you're comparing him and Isaiah Simmons, it just feels like Colin just has a much better feel for the Mm -hmm. game. He knows where he's supposed to be. He is the one that's making plays, whether it's this year at edge or even last year at linebacker. Like there was, he wasn't great as an off the ball linebacker, but you saw some flashes of his potential. I'm a little bit worried about him in this game because you don't really quite know it until you see him but he is a massive massive guy he's like 265 pounds mm-hmm. and he can get into you know the throwing lanes he's the one guy on defense that I'm a little bit concerned about if you're the Cowboys offense
0: well yeah and one of the, one of the biggest um signings by the Cardinals you know there weren't many this season was Kazir White allowing to relinquish Stephen Collins from that role and get him to move to where Nick Rawls wanted him to play and you know it's working out so far so good the key matchups we're going to talk about the offense in the next segment Okay, the, the offense is is a little different because for the Cardinals, well, both of these teams are in transition. You know, the Cardinals have a new offensive coordinator, the Cowboys do. So, like, this is something that the key matchups, I have a feeling the offense is going to be heavily featured in the next segment here. Marcus Moser at Marcus underscore Moser locked on uh, Cowboys. Alex Clancy at Clancy's Corner locked on Cardinals as we roll on here. On week three. Dude, here's the thing. And I know we're going to go. We have a minute and six seconds before Ross Jackson gets mad at me. So I have this theory, and it's almost fact. People appreciate the NFL in the first four weeks and the last four weeks. And then mm-hmm. it's just taken for granted during that big chunk of the sandwich. We're in that now, and I'm imploring people every week, be happy that football's being played. Remind yourself and not like, ooh, football, cool. Ooh, football, cool. Like, no, this is happening. This is great. I mean, is is that is that something that you feel too? It's like beginning and end, and the middle's kind of like. I mean, where'd the season go?
1: Well, yeah, we get to like week seven and everything just feels like a blur, right? Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it, I still get really excited about these early season games, even though they're not all that well played and they're sloppy. Yeah. It's still NFL football and the, the talent on the field is unbelievable.
0: Yeah, yeah, it is. I mean, it's, I mean, especially that Dallas Cowboys defense, man, I'm so nervous. Okay, uh, <laughs> as we roll on here, sorry, that was just a little aside between boys here. Uh, this episode of Crossover Thursday is brought to you by Prize Picks. So, I love prize picks. Um, it's one of the easiest apps to navigate, to make little wagers, and just to follow the games in a completely different way. All right. You've gone up to 25 times your money the entire football season. You select two or more players, pick more or less in their projected stats, and place your entry. I mean, under 60 seconds. You can get quick withdrawals, easy gameplay, and an enormous selection of players and stat types. Uh, you know, it, it's what makes – Price picks a number one daily fantasy sports app. They offer weekly promotions like on Tuesday, they have Taco Tuesday. So every Tuesday, price picks, discounts, uh, select player projections up to 25% to provide even more value. They offer Apple Pay for quick and easy deposits. Like you should just go download the app. So go to pricepix.com slash locked on NFL and use code locked on NFL. For a first deposit match up to 100 bucks. Again, go to prizepickscom NFL and use code LockedOnNFL for a first deposit match up to 100 dollars. This episode of Crossover Thursday is also brought to you by Jace Medical. Um, when I got my Jace case, I was like, "Where has this been all my life?" You know, it's just one of it's just something where if you never really thought about it. It's like, why haven't I thought about it? So everyone should be empowered to care for themselves and their loved ones during the unexpected. And that's why Jace Medical offers the Jace case. It provides five life-saving antibiotics for emergency use and gives you a peace of mind so that you're not just hoping you have the access to medication in an emergency. Jace Medical makes sure you have the medication in hand. It's simple. They handle everything from the online evaluation to licensed pharmacy medication delivery and ongoing consultation and care. So don't get caught unprepared. Save more than 360 bucks by getting these life-saving antibiotics with Jace Medical, plus an additional 20 bucks off by using code locked on at checkout on jacemedical.com. That's J-A-S-E-Medical.com. Promo code locked on. Second segment, crossover Thursday. Alex Clancy locked on Cardinals. Marcus Mosier locked on Cowboys. He's almost in the 1% club that I love here for those who listen to Locked On Cardinals. First name, last name on Twitter as a handle is a flex. The underscore is a cheat code, but still, I mean, honorable mention. I think you can get an HM for that.
1: Well, I'll tell you why it's Marcus underscore Mosier. It's because I used to have Marcus Mosier, and then I forgot the password, and I couldn't get back into my account. So I had to, I just had to create a different one. So that's 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 why.
0: Okay, fine. So it bumps up from an HM to a first balloter. There you go. You're, you're a one percenter in the in, in the Twitter slash X world. Uh, key matchups. There's a bunch of them, and. I know that from what we've witnessed from both teams, first off week one, Sunday night football, um, nobody expected it to happen that way. I mean, I I'm assuming the Cowboys were favorites and everything like that, but nobody expected it to happen that way. And then the jets kind of expected it to happen that way. Multiple turnovers again, forced by the defense, the Cardinals on the other side, the defense played an excellent half of football, pretty much an excellent game of football in week one against the Sam Howell led Washington commanders. And then You know, last week, Joshua Dobbs turned into a first ballot Hall of Famer for a half, aside from one arrow to Zach Ertz, and then, you know, everything unraveled. And for some fans, that's the best case scenario. Cardinals play well and lose. But it's been a weird, clunky season, positively for the Cowboys, negatively for the Cardinals. And as we mash here, um, this is where the tea leaves will be red as we enter almost the second season in the NFL after week four, like, you know, that's like the second part, the second iteration. Key matchups for you, Marcus, as you look at this Kyler murray kind of bottom feeding for 2023 team, like, what worries you? You mentioned Zayvon Collins. Like, what matchups, like, I need to watch this to see if the Cowboys can, you know, can can positively pivot around that. I, I've
1: got two. Let, let's start with the, the bigger name matchup. It's Paris Johnson against... Micah Parsons, and DeMarcus Lawrence. I want to throw both those guys in there because they're both going to spend a lot of time at that left defensive end spot. I've been really impressed from what I've seen from Paris Johnson through the first two games. I thought he's looked really good, but this is the game you figured out whether you have a good tackle or potentially great tackle. I'm not expecting Paris Johnson to, to pitch a shutout or anything like that. But if he can look like he's not overwhelmed and can hold up well, and it's just everybody else on the offensive line that's struggling, I think that's a win for Arizona. But if, if this is the game where Micah Parsons gets two sacks and he's just constantly in the backfield, it's not that I'm worried about Johnson, but you're, you're hoping for more. I, I'm curious to see how the Cowboys decide to attack Paris Johnson, who I think already might be their best offensive lineman.
0: Yeah, it's interesting. And, and you know, that was one of mine. It's always going to be the offensive line versus the front of, of the opposing team because this is all a dress rehearsal for when Kyler Murray comes back. So we can see what it's going to be like. Now I've seen Micah Parsons rip through the interior of the offensive line with, I mean, there were gaping holes at times. And there were Micah Parsons holes where he just beat people because he's faster than seemingly every other defensive player on the planet. The interior of the offensive line of the Arizona Cardinals has been a weakness for the last (laughs) six years. Yeah. You know, having Rodney Hudson there for a blip was great because he was able to cover up for, you know, uh, for, for not so great guard play but he's not here anymore. Jalti Frold has played fine, but it's not something where you look at Michael Parsons, you look at DeMarcus Lawrence, and then you look at the rest of the defense, like that's going to be good enough. So you're right. Like Paris Johnson going up against, you know, Deron Payne, Montez Sweat in week one, and then you have Kayvon Thibodeau, depending on what side he's on in week two. And then you have this front. He's going through the ringer through his first three weeks. So far, so good, but you're right. Like what, what I say about top tier draft picks and stars is like, you can see star right away. It doesn't always happen. But if it happens right away, it's usually not a fluke. And Paris Johnson so far has done that. So that's going to be fascinating for me. And then, you know, for me, it's really going to be about the wide receivers against these corners because we don't know if Hollywood Brown's going to be an Arizona Cardinal next year. No. We don't know what's going to happen with Rondell Moore. Greg Dorch hasn't seen the field yet. Michael Wilson has shown through camp, the preseason, and the NFL so far that the game is not too fast for him. So I want to see the receivers go up against a real set of corners, a real set of safeties where they're probably going to be throwing the ball a lot because they're probably going to be down. And I want to see the maturity and the growth in this offense going into week three of Drew Petzing's offense. We're not going to be able to run the ball 35 times or whatever it was last week. I, James Conner ran the ball 23 times last week. Ain't going to happen this week. So that's another one for me. And I think that it's going to be a true test for, for what the ceiling of this wide receiver group can be.
1: Yeah. I'm going to stick with that kind of side of the ball and the, the weapons for me, it's Trey McBride. Now let's, let's, let's talk about the guy that's ahead of him, Zach Ertz. I think every time Zach Ertz is on the field ahead of Trey McBride, the Cowboys kind of feel very thankful, right? Because Zach Ertz has had a heck of a career. He's uh, credit to him for coming back from that injury and still playing, but he's borderline washed at this point, right? There's just nothing after the catch for him. However, Trey McBride has a little bit of juice, and just from what we've seen for the first two games, every time the target the, the Cardinals target him, he makes something happen. So, if if McBride's not on the field and it's a lot of urch, the Cowboys are going to be just fine. But McBride is the one guy that scares me a little bit. Like you get him in the space, he can force tack- miss tackles and he can make plays. Keep an eye out on McBride in this one.
0: Yeah. And, and one of the best friends of Trey McBride now is, is the, you know, the 12 personnel that Drew Petson is bringing in, you know, it's like, this is when you start to see little things and I I get a lot of crap for this, but I talk a lot about future pacing things, especially this season. It's like, okay, what you need to be looking at or what I suggest you look at this year is player development. That's Mm -hmm. it. Not win loss, not final score. It doesn't matter. Like, of course you want, it's not, it's not a green ribbon that you're getting for participation when you're not directly correlating success and growth with win-loss record. Draymond McBride has shown last couple weeks of last year. And so far this year, as you mentioned, first of all, he does have the George Kittle comp. Like he looks like George Kittle in space. He looks like a bowling ball that's out of control when he's always under control. You know, he's bouncing off guys. He's bigger than a lot of linebackers. You know, it's just, you're right. So, and Marcus used to do, um, Locked on NFL draft here. So when you when you hear him talk about these young guys, this is in his loins. This is what he does. He doesn't just let go after the draft of one year. It's always a couple years down the road before he's like, "Okay, be free, go free." So I mean, he's he loved trading Bryant in the draft. I mean, I vehemently pushed back on the Cardinals drafting him in the second round with all the needs that they had. But now with Drew Petsing here and with Kyler Murray definitely needing as many friends as possible when he comes back, and Joshua Dobbs now. Definitely a guy that you look for. Now, one last guy, and this is something that, you know, the running backs are like Tony Pollard's special. Okay. Uh Deuce Vaughn is fun. And this isn't like a gimmick. Like Deuce Vaughn wasn't drafted just because his dad's on the on the coaching staff. Deuce Vaughn is a very savvy runner of the football. And we saw that we saw that last week. And with James Conner, the Cardinals need a compliment. I am like James Conner does this and it's not his fault. It's never been his fault. He gets Arian Foster wherever he goes. That's a term I use for just getting run into the ground until he gets hurt. Like James Conner isn't injury prone. The way he's used over the course of time has forced that to be a part of his job description. Is that, is that fair to say? I mean, you have a close, a close bond with James Conner. You saw it in Pittsburgh. I mean, you Mm -hmm. live in Pennsylvania, like, You've seen it. Now, the Cardinals need a compliment, and they just don't have one yet, so he's touching the ball 25 times a game.
1: Yeah, they need somebody that can add something different to the offense. And I think in James Conner's case, especially now we're later into his career, he was drafted, I believe, in 2017. You've got to get somebody that has a little bit of speed and some quickness because it's just not James's game, right? He's a between-the-tackle grinder. Get him somebody that can add some juice to the offense. And I don't know if you can find that guy in – free agency now, or if you have to wait into the draft, but that's pretty clearly what this offense needs, where we get him eight touches. He can get us 48 really easy yards and back to Connor, you know, between the tackles.
0: Right. Absolutely. And, and I agree. And like, you saw it with Zeke, you know, Zeke was different. Zeke was in rarefied air for a couple of years. there, a uh, best offensive line in football. And that's not a knock. That's just a yeah. happenstance truth, you know, for a couple of years. Now with James Connor, I've always seen, and I've, and I've talked with this for the last two seasons, there's no guaranteed money at the end of this year. The Arizona Cardinals need as many Arizona Cardinals as they can have on their roster. He's an honorary member. Like, Mm -hmm. they've been such a transplant team where you can't build cohesion and team and family when you're just signing free agents and trading for them because you can't draft. James Conner has ingratiated himself into the state of Arizona. He loves being here, by all accounts. He needs to become the LeGarrette Blount for the Arizona Cardinals for the next three seasons. 35% of the touches... And you know that he's going to get you positive yards when he touches the ball. And that could elongate his career. He's not 35, but if he goes somewhere else and does that, he could be a pro bowler. The Cardinals have him. They need to keep him, have him remain on the roster, and treat him as such to where, like, I'm sure they'll bring somebody in through the draft, depending on free agency next year. I mean, they're going to have a lot of draft picks. So they could use one of their second-round picks or third-round picks on a running back next season. But... You and I, I think, share the same sentiment that he's a very special player and just has those limits like any human being would, where it's like you can't give him the ball 30 times a game if you want him to play 17 weeks.
1: Yeah, It makes no sense to give him that many touches you know. either. You want him to last through the season because he is a big culture guy. He's a big locker room guy. And he's your best pass-protecting running back. Like You're going to need him once Kyler Murray comes back. So try to find somebody else or try to find two players that can get 14 touches a game just so you don't absolutely wear Connor out
0: before we even get to December. For sure. Now, tell me quickly before we go to pass the victory here about Tony Pollard how he's done so far coming off the injury. uh, Not the quote-unquote bruiser back. I think that's such an overblown thing. Like, talk to me about how Tony Pollard's been the first two weeks and what the trajectory looks like for the rest of the year barring any sort of injury.
1: Yeah, so he's still shaking off rust a little bit from not doing a ton in training camp. He did get 32 touches last week, which is by far the most he ever got in a game. Yeah. The offensive line has been a little bit up and down in the run game because they're down to their four-string left guard. We'll see if Tyler Smith plays in this game. But in terms of Pollard, I think he's everything that we thought he was. Like he's, just, he's not just a part-time back. He's not somebody that you need to limit his touches. I think he is as good as just about every other running back in the NFL, not named Christian McCaffrey and Nick Chubb.
0: Yeah. And he runs in fast forward in space. Yeah. Like it yeah. is, there are special players like Jamar chase does that. Like it do, you don't have to be the best. It's just, it's so effortless. And we saw it with the 250 touchdowns he scored. I was starting him and Zeke last week, last year down the stretch.
1: It's it's his running style is crazy. Cause it's like his feet never leave the ground. It's like, he just play. If you've ever played that electric football game from like the eighties and nineties where the guys yeah. just kind of <laughs> move across the field, that's exactly how Tony Pollard looks.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So fun. So fun. I'm glad he got, hopefully, you know, he'll play well enough, avoid injury and and actually get his, get his bag next season. A pass to victory. There's going to be many more um, from one host than the other, but that's okay. This is all part of the process. Alex Lanty locked on Cardinals, Marcus Moser locked on Cowboys. As we roll on here on a crossover Thursday, this episode of crossover Thursday is brought to you by bird dogs, bird dogs. Okay. So here's the thing. (laughs) We were lucky enough to be gifted a couple rounds of bird dogs i've since purchased plenty on my own i didn't know what would unlock in my life before joggers <laughs> and now that's all i wear you know bird dogs is and mark's like we got shorts we got joggers we got another round uh recently and i've bought three other pairs of joggers from bird dogs like well i'm at five pairs now i, I don't wear anything else around the house they are absolutely fantastic i mean it's like yeah, it is. What are you doing? Okay, ad it, I mean, I country. feel like we could talk about the we could talk about the the dang um, joggers for 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 five minutes here. Yeah. So a couple things about them. Okay, they've also got shorts. I mean, as we're pivoting away from summer, but you know, it's still definitely short weather. Um, they have stretch khaki shorts that are designed to fit slimmer through the thigh and leg. to give you a truly sculpted look. Um, they do the same thing as Lululemon, but they fit way better, which which is true. Um, they're not restricting. Uh, they use anti-stink sweat wicking fabric that keeps you cool and dry all day long. I mean, it's still hundred degrees in Arizona. So that would definitely be beneficial. They're functional for any occasion. Like <laughs> I'm like joggers, like, like what what are we doing here? I mean, are we going, are we going out to a nice dinner? No. Okay. Joggers um, go to birddogs.com slash locked on NFL or enter promo code locked on NFL at checkout for a free Bird dogs water bottle with your order. That's birddogs.com slash locked on NFL for a free water bottle at checkout. You won't, want to take your bird dogs off. We promise you, damn Skippy.
1: This is your invitation to a masterclass in engineering and design. Your ticket to go from 0 to 60 with the Lexus Performance Line. A feeling this dynamic is invite only. Fortunately, you're invited. Experience the exhilaration of the Lexus Performance Line and some of the best offers of the year on select models at the Invitation to Lexus sales event. Now through April first.
0: Experience amazing at your Lexus Dealer. All right. I don't want to do this segment. <laughs> <laughs> I
1: get it. But listen, it's the NFL. We we've seen bad teams beat good teams before. We've seen bigger spreads where teams have come and just won outright. So it's still the NFL. It's still a home game for the Cardinals. Don't don't Think that there's no way is, the Cardinals make it this
0: close? Oh no, and and yeah, I mean I get it, and that's not even it. I mean I'm not waving the white flag here. It's it's going to be a test of metal, a test of just the Cardinals have played two perfect halves of football, one on the defense, one on the offense through two weeks. Okay, I'm fascinated to see if they can win the turnover battle on Sunday. Mm-hmm. That's it. Like that's my like if if they don't turn the ball over. That's a win for me. And, like, these aren't, again, these aren't consolation prize wins. This is growth. We've already gone past the, well, this isn't a pro offense. The Cardinals have a pro offense now. They've got a defensive coordinator, 30-year-old Nick Rollis, who has the team stenciled in and playing the positions that they are best fit to play. Now they just need to infuse talent, and that'll come with time. If the Cardinals do not turn the ball over, that's a win for me, and that's the biggest path to victory because you're right. It's football. We have no idea what the hell is going to happen. But for me, you know, if, if they can turn Dak over twice, Tony Pollard drops it, drops it on the on the ground once or twice, something like that, and they can turn those into points, that's all that's needed We've for an a upset. game. Yeah.
1: And I'm going to be curious to see how aggressive Dallas is on offense because part of me believes if they just use the same game plan that we saw last week where it's 35 passes within three yards of the line of scrimmage – in a bunch of runs, and basically, hey, if we have to kick field goals, we'll kick field goals. Let's lean on our defense to win this game. I do have a hard time believing that Arizona is going to put up enough points to really scare Dallas, but I could also see Mike McCarthy and Dak Prescott being like, look at these corners. Look at this, these safeties. Let's attack them down the field, get a 14-0 lead, and let, just let the, the defense hunt. But that also you know, puts you in a position where you could potentially – you know, have a turnover, you know, you have a tip pass, you have a sack, you have whatever. I'm just curious to see how Mike McCarthy in this offense, how they call plays in this one because of where Arizona is on defense right now.
0: Yeah. You know, with LJ Collier on IR and Buda Baker on IR, it's going to put a lot of weight on Jalen Thompson, Zayvon Collins and uh, Kazir White, who's been fine except for when he took Sam Howell's head off in week one. (laughs) Like he's been good. I mean, he's a bruiser. And the Cardinal, he's a better version of what they needed, Isaiah Simmons to be playing inside. Yes, you know, and hopefully he'll be a Cardinal and they'll extend him after this two-year contract. You know, and and he'll be one. Of, he'll be one of the guys. If the Cardinals and I've said this to every I said this to David Harrison, I said this to Patricia Trainer, if they don't get to Dak, it's going to be a long day. Yeah, you know, if they don't disrupt Dak because Dak has a proclivity to throw the ball to the other team in in inopportune times, um, regardless of who's on the other side of the field, and. If they can get there, Zaman Collins, um, you know, uh, BJ Ojolari coming from the other side, Dennis Gardeck, who has a couple sacks, you know, Victor, (coughs) Victor DiMicheji, who, um, a late round pick out of Duke. I I think you and I talked about before the draft Mm -hmm. where you were, you were pretty high on for a late round flyer. They've got guys and Nick Rowis, you know, he subs guys in and out every play to keep legs fresh, keep legs fresh. And, um, if they can get to Dak, this could be a much tighter game than than, than good old Jerry wants wants to see. Well,
1: and I would say Dak for the most part does a really good job of not throwing interceptions when he's not pressured. Like when he's protected, he's really clean with the football. But mm-hmm. when he does get hit a little bit and he feels pressure around him, rather than you know taking a sack or just dumping the ball off, he he likes to stay aggressive, and that's when you see the turnovers. But if the Cowboys' offensive line keeps him clean, I. I have a hard time believing there's going to be like multiple turnover worthy throws in this contest. Damn it. I know.
0: You know, it, it's uh,
1: it, it, my whole it, it, thing.
0: Now.
1: Well, it's <laughs> the thing is maybe, maybe in this game, we see the Cardinals be really aggressive on defense yeah. and we see them blitz just to try to create some kind of havoc up front. Because I've, I, I think if they just play their front four and just try to rush that way, Dak is pretty good at, not making a critical mistake there.
0: Yeah. And, and Joshua Dobbs last week and, and, and we'll get out of here on this, you know, he's been a very polarizing character. I thought Clayton tune should have started week one. I, I didn't really see the downside. He'd been in camp with the offense. Um I was correct in week one. I was, I shut my mouth first half of week, of week two, where I was like, listen, what was that? Yeah. Do that again. Like that. He played almost again, a perfect half of quarterback football in the NFL. And, you know, he didn't get a whole lot of he didn't get a whole lot of pressure in, in, in the first half. He had the angry run, uh, uh, notable, the run for a touchdown. But, I mean, he looked like a, a starting quarterback.
1: Well, And I'll mention just really quickly, he played against the Cowboys last year when he was with the Titans in a game where Tennessee basically rested everybody, and he didn't play poorly in that game. Now, the offense didn't put up a ton of points, and the Titans did lose, but he handled himself well. This is at least his second time seeing this Cowboys defense, and maybe he'll learn a little bit. Um, I won't be surprised if Dobbs has like a C minus game, which you will look around the NFL. There's a lot of teams that would love to just have a C minus quarterback right now.
0: Hey, Kyler Murray, um, haters. Remember that Mm -hmm. Alex Lancy at Ken, corner. Marcus Moser at Marcus underscore Moser on Twitter, Monday through Friday, free and available wherever you get your podcast and on YouTube for the Cowboys for him. Cardinals for me. We will talk to you on our respective podcasts tomorrow. (laughs)